This is episode 86 of the Rising Man podcast with Soma Miller. A boy becomes a man when a man is needed. Blessings, Rising Man family. Welcome back to the Rising Man podcast. And if you don't know me by now, I am your host and the creator of this show, Jetty Zuma, and so excited to bring another amazing episode of this podcast that we have here today. But before we dive in, this is your absolute last chance, last call. Grab your tickets for our Call of the Warrior one day immersive event that's happening this Saturday, September 7th here in Los Angeles. We're going to be gathering as brothers in a united stand for male expression and freedom for men. My brother Leon Ruri is coming all the way from Australia to teach us how we can harness this energy and express ourselves by performing the Haka, a ceremonial war dance of the Maori people. It's going to be an incredible day punctuated by a performance of the Haka down at the Santa Monica Pier right at sunset. It's going to be an incredible event. I want all of y'all to be there, so make sure you grab your tickets right now. Rise.jettyazuma.com slash warrior. For all you last minute birds out there, use promo code RISINGMAN, all capital letters, no spaces. That'll get you a nice discount, so make sure there's no excuses for you not to be there. Make it happen. All right, my guest for today is none other than Soma Miller. Soma is a men's coach, a mentor, and creator of The Essential Man, a platform dedicated to supporting men to becoming powerful, integrated, and conscious leaders and lovers. He incorporates mindfulness, embodiment, relational intelligence, nature connection, and shadow work into the practice-based work that he facilitates. He has spent the last 20 years on a path of personal transformation and is a devoted student of the sacred mysteries of the universe. He considers himself to be a humble servant of the divine with a big ego that he often trips over, helping him to keep his ear to the ground listening and his heart tuned to the pulse of what the earth is asking of us. In this episode, we talked about making distinctions between boy and man and how the boy within us represents feminine energy. Recovering from being men who are too damn serious, something both Soma and myself share. We talked a lot about this. The art of doing nothing, the fundamental spiritual practice that remind us of the importance of stillness. The me first versus the we first mindset and how we can make that shift pivot together. Letting go of the need to be right in order to be fulfilled in relationships, appealing to the little girl in our partner, the little girl that lives inside of all of our female partners to be of the highest service we can to our beloved and overcoming a big ego and befriending that ego in the process. Without further ado, Soma Miller. Rising Man family, another amazing man joining us for a conversation today. Soma Miller, live from Ashland, Oregon. How you doing, my man? I'm really good. I'm really excited to, to chat with you today. See where we go. Yes, yes. And, and a little bit of background. Previous to living in Ashland, Oregon, Soma lived in Ojai, and we lived there at the same time. So we actually have known each other for a little bit, but this is our first time having a deep conversation into men's work and what it means to be a man. So I'm looking forward to it, brother, learning more about you in this conversation as well. Yeah, me too. It's been it's been cool to see the parallel tracks that we've been running. And even though we barely connected when we were in Ojai, I, I feel this kind of kinship with you from afar, watching your your path as a teacher and a leader. Likewise, man. Likewise, yeah. I've read a couple of your posts and seen a couple of the things you said, and I and I've I've like, oh man, I, I could see that coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. I, I I totally subscribe to what he's saying there. That feels like something I could say. So yeah, man, definitely feel that kinship too. But let's lay some context. Let's get to know your perspective of manhood and what you think it means to be a man. What to you is the difference between a boy and a man? Yeah, that's a great question and. It's something I elaborated on in a, in a conversation I had with a few men a couple of months ago. And to me, there, there's a lot, lot of distinctions that we actually did a whole process of kind of distinguishing between the two. I did an Instagram post about it that I'd love to maybe share with your audience because it was you know, really, really well condensed. And I'll, I'll try to touch on a few of the, those things in this conversation. I think the, the first one that really stands out as important to me is the boy. First off, I want to just be clear that even as we step more into our adult manhood, for most men, no matter how much work they do, they're always going to kind of revert back to these sort of child, 
childish, more childish behaviors. So there's no like, I, I just want to make sure that men aren't judging themselves when I distinguish between the two, because it's really, because that, that actually just reinforces that boy mentality, right? Which is, which is one, yeah, one of the pieces important. is, you know, the boy kind of gets stuck in this mindset of comparing himself to others rather than standing mm-hmm. as the unique version of himself that he is. So that's, that's one piece. Mm. Another, another one that I wanted to say is there's something about, you know, the boy almost fixated on, on self-referencing, like everything is about him and whether it's like saving himself or what he, can he do to be recognized. Whereas the mindset of the man is focused on how can he serve? Like what is he, what, what are the needs that are happening in the world and how can I stand up and meet those? So the, those are a couple. I mean, I'd love to just kind of have the conversation about it and see what what pops for you around this. Yeah. Well, that's uh, first of all, I, I'm really glad that you had that disclaimer right off the bat because I, I usually say that after someone gives their definition because it's important that we don't demonize or distance ourselves from the boy. I believe, mm-hmm. and both of us have spent time with Richard Palmer and and Tom McGee, my father-in-law, and they do a lot of work with integrating that boy that lives inside of us with the man that we want to be. Because as boys, at least the boy that I was, my whole attention was on becoming a man and getting away from being a boy. Because I saw that men were the ones who were valued, men were the ones who could provide for families, men were the ones who you know the women wanted to be with. So I wanted to be a man, and I wanted to get rid of all the things that I thought was was not serving me as a boy. And what I see is that the boy continues to serve us through our lives and continues to be valuable. So let me ask you this. In what ways do you think the boy continues to serve the man, especially the integrated essential man that we are focused on being? I think there's, there's certain qualities that the boy brings that, you know, there's, there's a quality of, of innocence and awe and, and wonder and, I would say the boy is often connected to creativity and mm. and playfulness, right? Which is mm. to me a, a piece that I'm being reminded of it even at this stage in my life, especially get as I get into teaching and leading this deeper work. You know, I, I'm still being supported by groups of men in my brotherhood, and and one of the things that they're calling my attention to that needs to be more integrated is that playful part of me that, you know, I, I can get really fucking serious and, you know, like <laughs> super deep. And it's like, but you know, there's, there's a, there's something that comes from bringing that playful energy to depth. You know, there's kind of a paradoxical bursting of, you know, the illusion of like, this is better than that. You know, it's almost like a little mm-hmm. bit of that trickster mm-hmm. energy and, and it, it can actually create more depth and, and more light and more beauty. So that's, that's a huge piece. And, and you know, I'm, I don't know what it's going to look like for me to bring more of that, but, you know, <laughs> I need it. Yeah, I hear you, bro. I'm, I'm very much the same way, man. That's, that's what my men's circle is always mirroring to me. Like, dude, why are you being so goddamn serious in your life? And I'm like, oh, I'm doing it again. Because right. that's, that's the boy that I was. If I, if I actually go back in my history, that's the boy that I was. I was very, I was a perfectionist. I, I paid a lot of attention to detail. I was very diligent about my, my training and my athletics and my academics. And I, and I got acknowledged and appreciated for those things. So it reinforced that way of being. And it's, it follows, it's followed me into adulthood. And I have to be really careful to catch myself being really serious or being really um, perfectionistic yeah. and wanting to get, do it all right and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I don't know if you've got something to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's absolutely something I totally relate to. I've got a hardcore perfectionist in me. I, you know, I got like a Virgo moon. So like everything, <laughs> everything in my home. I mean, that's why I have this personal organizer in my house right now, getting <laughs> all my drawers <laughs> lined out. And, but I, you know, I can be kind of militant in a certain way with myself and, and that, you know, that bleeds out into my relationship with my, my partner and, and that's not cool. Like it doesn't feel good. I mean, there's, there's a gift, right. In, in having that ability to structure and organize. And if it's, if it's not brought with heart and if it's not brought with love, then, you know, it's almost abusive at times and, and I see how I kind of whip my own back 
at times in that way, subtly, you know, but it's, it's there. Well, that's important to acknowledge too, is that I, a lot of those qualities of being really organized, detailed, structured, disciplined that I trained myself into as a child have served me in my life. It's when they step into this over obsessive shadowy side of myself that that's where I need to get, put my attention. So it's, I guess it's that age old ism that everything is both a blessing and a curse, depending on how you, how you hold it or how you use it. So I ask myself often the question, how, how does this serve and, and what is needed here? Cause sometimes my playfulness is needed. My softness, my lack of structure and free flow is, is more needed. And that's, that's the boy in me that I never got to be. I did. I didn't allow myself to be was that free carefree boy. I, I wasn't, it wasn't my experience in childhood. So it's, it actually takes a lot of effort for me to, to do that. And it's, it's very uncomfortable. It's like an uncomfortable edge for me to have fun, which even yeah. saying that out loud sounds like crazy. I watch my son and he's having fun all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, when you shared that, I don't know, something really landed in my heart and I felt maybe my own grief around that, you know, the, the part of me that just, especially at this stage in my life where I'm probably more focused than I ever have been. And I think that there's that pain inside the boy that's just not having room to play. And, mm. and I think that, you know, touching on the, one of the gifts of the boy, like that, that creativity, there's something about, you know, having too much structure that I've learned that, you know, really saps creative freedom and possibility, right? Mm-hmm. It sort of you know, can get like just being super narrowly focused takes away from the ability to really open up into new dimensions of creation. And, mm. and you know, it's something that I realize I need, I need to structure in that play. You know, I need to create <laughs> time to, to do nothing, to get outside, get in nature, like just hang out with friends just for fun, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of sort of unheard of for me at this stage of my life generally, you know? And so, right. but there is, you know, I, the other thing I want to touch on and, and this gets a, a little bit more into the distinction between the boy and the man is, you know, I, I think a, a really big masculine gift and quality is, is the ability to create structure, you know, to have that mm-hmm. consciousness to, organize things, to plan things, and to, to put things into containers and form. Mm. And actually, there's a something that I just worked with in my current men's group around the idea of creating containers. And, and mm. the it's, it's kind of an art. And there's something about having structure and containers that help, that I've found help not only myself, you know, the parts of me that are, you know, more in my boy or more in my, my feminine, that they can kind of relax into that structure. And, and it might even look like I'm going to take, you know, Wednesday, I'm going to take an hour from 12 to 1 p.m. to, you know, take a walk in nature or color in a coloring book or just play some music or dance, you know, just giving, giving that contained space somehow for me allows that part of me to, to relax and let go knowing that it's defined and held. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I I've had to do that myself too, scheduling and structuring in time to, to have that freedom. Even if it's just, I, I've, I've found through a period of my life where I was scheduling time just to ha- do nothing mm-hmm. and see what wanted to come forth versus telling my, my subconscious what to do just what does my subconscious want to do? Does it want to take a nap right now with this hour that I've put aside? Yeah. Or do I want to go for a walk? Do I want to go for exercise? Do I want to just lay down and look at the sky? Mm-hmm. One of the most challenging practices I was ever given in my life was a relaxation practice by Scott Cody. I don't know if you connected with him while he was in Ohio. No, I never did, but that's who Carrie okay. trained with, right? Right, right, exactly. Actually, I, I, did do, I did do like a day long kind of session with. Okay. One of his big things, and he, he always said, this is going to be the hardest thing for the men in here is a relaxation exercise where once a week you take 30 minutes and you do nothing. You can't read a book. You can't, you know, you can, you can sit and soak in a bath, but you can't do something that's going to distract you or seem productive. You just have to just be 
for 30 minutes. It was the hardest thing that I did. I, we did a six month leadership program with him. Mm-hmm. And that was the hardest thing that I did was honoring yeah. that practice, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's, it's, that's actually something that you know, somebody that I've been working with the last few years, a mentor of mine, John Wineland, he talks a lot about that as, as kind of one of the ultimate masculine practices is just just the practice of doing nothing mm. it is hard <laughs> yeah man not easy especially for us like fiery guys who are really connected to our masculine who really lean on that masculine i lean on my masculine fire a lot because it's very useful and it really helps being in a relationship with a very feminine woman so she doesn't have to be that but you know there's just there is this concept of balance and what in the conversation of boy and man you're definition and context for the boy i heard a lot i heard you say creativity and freedom and play and joy and sometimes those qualities i subscribe to feminine so i'm I'm wondering if there's this uh, way of looking at this framework that the boy in us is actually also the feminine in us that we get to tap into is that that sort of how you see it yeah absolutely Uh, it's something that you know my teacher john also has kind of contextualized it in that way and yeah i think that you know the child childlike energy whether it's a boy or or a girl tends to you know if you're going to archetypally classify it would fall into that feminine and mm-hmm. and actually I, I wanted to share another piece related to that which is if masculine and feminine kind of exists on a spectrum of life right mm-hmm. and and if we're talking talking about like the the base form of both masculine and feminine energy on a very fundamental level, the masculine is is actually the space that holds everything or kind of nothingness, you know, or, or mm. that which never changes. And, mm. and the feminine is everything else. It's everything in life that's constantly changing and evolving. You know, looking at a practice of doing nothing, it's actually a very masculine practice because we're not mm. busy. It, it, you know, it goes contrary to what a lot of people equate to being masculine, which is driven, doing, production, Mm -hmm. but actually just sitting, like masculine spiritual practice, the most fundamental spiritual practice is is meditating, right? You're just sitting and being still. So Mm -hmm. the closer we are to stillness, on some level, the closer we are to that masculine energy. Yeah, interesting how that doesn't get highlighted much in in this whole men's movement that we're hearing yeah. is, is the the value of stillness and even stillness as a masculine practice and a masculine quality. Yeah, I also have a martial arts background, so when you start speaking in that in that terminology, to me, that's that's real mastery at the highest of of that yang energy. Right, is is the stillness and the ability to express energy when needed but also to contain it and be with it as part of that the masculine right and it's uh, my guess i I'm, i don't have much experience with martial arts but there's almost like a an efficiency of energy right where like mm-hmm. the real masters can like flick their fingers and like knock somebody on the ground right <laughs> right 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 because yeah and it has something to do with that ability to contain and deliver energy not let energy spill out of our containers which mm-hmm. is is to me part of the practice of manhood right yeah it's 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 what we're learning how to do is how to be containers of our own energy first and then containers for energy around us and to even even in speaking i had do you do, have you ever heard of russell means no he he was a lakota a, a real uh, native american activist he, he passed away a few years back but in an interview, he was being interviewed, him and his wife, his wife's name is Pearl, and they would ask a question to both of them, and he would just look to her. As soon as the question was done being asked, he'd look to her, and they asked him at some point, why do you keep doing that? And he said, because in our tradition, we, we the men wait for the women to speak. And, mm-hmm. and to me, I was just like a beautiful representation of being the container, and we don't actually have to do something, although a lot of times we, a part of us sometimes feels compelled to as, as the man, we need to speak, we need to stand up and right. say something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that touches on another piece is, you know, and back to the idea of, of ego, right? And, you know, a lot of our modern ideas of masculinity are really ego-based, you know, like, mm-hmm. man, like we need to prove something. Right, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm only a man if I do this or that, and and it's you know I think there's a little bit of a paradox there because if you look at initiation of men in traditional cultures, 
there was a, a literal need for them to have to prove something. You know, they had to, mm. to go out there and probably risk their lives to show that they were able to serve something bigger than themselves. And, right. and you know, I, I, I imagine there's like a, a deeper languaging and context for what that is, you know, versus like the English idea of like proving something, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, I guess that's the closest way I can, can frame that according to, you know, how modern men might view it, you know, and, and right. there, yeah, it's, it's, it's something, you know, just touching on that idea of initiation and how that ties back into the piece of getting, you know, stuck in the boy mindset of, you know, I'm just in this for me, right. Versus mm-hmm. I'm in it for us and I'm mm-hmm. serving something that's bigger, bigger than me. And right. I, th- I really believe that that's a huge pivotal point in modern man's development is, is shifting into that we versus me way of being. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, and I mention this all the time. Every every time we come up to initiation in boyhood, manhood, adolescence, I end up mentioning Bill Plotkin because he talks about the adolescent traffic jam that's happened in our culture through the past, you know, three, four or five generations where there haven't been there hasn't been anyone to any culture to initiate adolescence into adulthood to help them cross that threshold. So it's created like a like a backup. Right? It's like the lane, it's like a three-lane a three highway has narrowed down to one. And we have people who look like adults and even elders that have never been fully initiated past their adolescence. So they keep showing up that way. And now, you know, so, so Bill's message is really to, we must initiate more of our adolescence so that we can create flow and continuity around the medicine wheel again. So that always comes up. That's, a, that's always a thing that I really believe in. So I, I, I echo what you're saying and in this conversation of ego, for me, ego is the self-preservation center in our brain, right? It's like the reptilian part that is all about our survival and perpetuation of our DNA. So connecting that to the boy and the man framework, it, it, the ego is very closely linked to this to this voice of the boy that's always looking out for our own self-interest. Mm-hmm. So what is the, I'm wondering if there's a counterpart to the, to the ego that that is the voice of, of the man or the voice of the, the one who serves outside of himself? Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I've had to bring that into my practice a lot, connecting in with that part of me that is bigger than myself. Right. And, it, and it's, you know, it's literally, I mean, I do a lot of yoga, breath work, embodiment type of practice. And, during during those sessions if i'm tuned in enough right then i can connect in with this this consciousness or awareness that is overseeing everything you know overseeing all life and mm. and i think that's something that we as men all can be trained to have access to you know if you look at the idea of you know the the archetype of the king right and and the you know, this kind of symbol of the crown on their head, it's really the idea is actually the transmission of consciousness through the crown of their head and that being able to come through them as a leader. We can, we can literally like train ourselves to tap into that consciousness. It just requires, in my experience, feeling, feeling wider than our own experience, you know, feeling hmm. all that which is holding us. And hmm. what I've noticed, the more I can do that, you know, moment by moment, right? It's a moment by moment thing. The more I become a channel for the deeper wisdom, you know, of whatever, whatever is in service of life that needs to come through me moment by moment, whether it's in my relationship or leading the men that I lead or working one-on-one with clients, it's, you know, it's kind of like the more I can get out of my own way and allow something Mm -hmm. bigger to come through me, that's when the magic happens. Yeah. It's a constant practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? That's what we're all aiming for when it comes to being in relationship in this dynamic dance with our ego and the self-preserving side of us and the part of us that wants to serve the world. So in your in the bio, you said, me, I love how you said you're a man who has a big ego who often trips over it. So let's let's just have a little bit of fun with that, man. What yeah. is what is your challenge and your journey with your ego tend to look like? And then, and then I'll take a stab at it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very much about 
feeling like I, at moments, I mean, it feels good sometimes when I feel like, oh shit, I got this figured out. Like, I know what's up here. Like, and then, uh-huh. and then something shows me, no, nah, not quite. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like this idea of like, be humble or be humbled. And, and that's something that's happened to me time and time again in my life. And probably just a part of the cycle, you know, mm-hmm. in my experience anyway, just, I, I kind of get built up in a certain way and, and feel like I have a sense of what the fuck is going on in, in this great mystery of life and reality and experience. And, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, I get caught on or fixated on something and, and it usually has to do with a couple of things that we touched on during the call and before the call. And, you know, one of them being the boy, right. That's trying to protect himself in some way trying to preserve himself, which also ties into something called the shadow. And this idea of, you know, there's, there's these parts of ourselves, everybody has them, no matter how evolved they get, that, you know, generally that we're ashamed of, we try to hide, repress, or deny, and kind of push away. Like, oh, we, we decide that for some reason, those parts of us are not acceptable tuck them in the corners. And, and usually that's, those are the sticking points for me where I get, you know, tripped up and like things that I don't want to admit are part of my experience or part of how I'm showing up. Yeah. Yeah, man. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I could, I could relate to that myself. And yeah, well, the first thing that comes up to me when I think about sharing about my ego is the desire to be right. Mm-hmm. There's like that part of my childhood where I got when I got the right answer in class or I got 100% on my test, I was applauded for it, given a lot of praise for it. So when real life situations come up in arguments or conflicts or discussions, being right seems to be the objective <laughs> that, that my ego operates from. Is, mm-hmm. Well, if I'm not right here, then I'm not valuable here anymore and I won't be loved, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. that comes up a lot. And that's that's just, that's a huge like, stick a dynamite for when it comes to relationship, especially in with a partner too. At least I've realized that. Absolutely. And I, I, I appreciate how you tied it into kind of the deeper layers of where that's coming from, which is really like a generally an unmet need, right? Like maybe we had as boys, we needed to show up in a certain way to be loved or, or we mm-hmm. never got those needs met. And so we're spending our whole adulthood twisting and contorting ourselves in certain ways in order to, to receive love in the way that we need it. And, mm. and that's what I mean by, you know, this idea, if we don't get related with a boy inside of us on some level, he's going to be running the show covertly, you know, he's going to be kind of calling the shots because we have these untended to wounds and unmet needs. Nice, man. So, so we talked a lot about the archetypes and some of the, I guess, the philosophy behind boy and man and, and these dynamics. Let's talk more about how to be with that on, a, on, a, on more of a mechanical level. I guess let's, let's put our masculine hat on right. for a second. Like just like a practical what's, way? Yeah, yeah. What's, what do you think has been most effective? What do, you, what do you think is the best way to approach that? Yeah. One thing that's worked a lot for me, and it's something that I teach sometimes, is actually having having a kind of internal dialogue between myself and the boy in me right so getting getting relational with it and and what that does is it it kind of creates like a degree of separation where then i'm not identifying as the boy and kind of reacting from that place but i'm able to kind of observe and feel and and actually acknowledge maybe what those needs are that need to be met. And and maybe I need to take some action steps to meet them if I can. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's, that's one piece. And, and, you know, if there's listeners that are curious about this, I would, I would encourage you to just give it a shot. Like just take 15, 20 minutes, create a container like we talked about and, and just, you know, close your eyes. You could even, set up two pillows and sit on one pillow and and speak as your adult self and then switch sides and then speak from the boy and just see what happens in that conversation 
you know, this, this actually came up recently with a client of mine where he was experiencing a lot of resistance to kind of the discipline and the practices that I was providing. And my gut instinct on it had him go to something like this because, you know, if you, I mean, you're, you're a dad, so you kind of get how kids, like if they don't want to do something, they're, you know, they're like going to throw a fit or dig their heels in. Like, you know, they're the feminine. They don't, they resist structure to some extent. And, and, you know, especially if we've had like an adversarial relationship with that part of ourselves where we've Mm -hmm. been maybe more domineering and like get your fucking shit together, whatever. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Then, you know, just like another human being, if you spoke to them like that, they'd probably be kind of closed and not really trust you. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes the first steps are to really start by rebuilding that trust. Like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm here for you. Like, I want to listen to you. What are you feeling? What's going on? And, you know, just like Mm. how you would if you were lovingly showing up for a a child. Yeah. Yeah. I love that practice because that's actually something I've done myself and and I've shared with other men of how to be in relationship with my wife. That's like, you know, with the feminine (laughs) of identifying the little girl inside of her. Yeah, And not, not to put her in a position of, well, I'm an adult and you're a little girl, but just having that lens and that frame of reference for whatever she may be sharing, mm-hmm. to s- literally to look into her eyes and to see her as a little girl. Even I, I had a picture of her as a little girl that I kept when I was really working on this in my, in my space all the time, because it gave me just something to connect to whenever we were in conflict or disagreement, I would just connect to the little girl and I would say, okay, what is little Carrie asking for behind all of the, all of the arrows that she's throwing at me and all, all of the stuff that seems to be what's happening to understand what's beneath the surface. And so to do that with myself as the boy in me and to, to hold that space and to have that conversation with the boy in me, I, I really like that. And I think that could be a really powerful exercise for, for anybody to do in, 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 with a loving and a compassionate context, because when you especially as a father, anybody out there who is a, is a parent, you know this is easier, but anybody who just has a, a child in their life that they love, you know that there's a part of your heart you tap into that for me, it's, it's harder for me to tap into that space in my heart for myself. I'm much more forgiving and loving and compassionate to my children than I am with myself, like by miles. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to tap into that compassion center in my heart for the child in me, whew, that's... That's big work, man. And not easy either. Like, especially for people who have resistance to stuff that's like, oh, that's, that's out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I think, yeah, it might seem a little odd to have a conversation with yourself, but hey, I've found it to be pretty powerful and I do a lot of weird shit anyway, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I found that the weird shit is usually the best shit. <laughs> yeah, me too. yeah. Yeah. And, and I love, I love how you, brought it into relating with with your wife in that way because absolutely you know one thing that i've learned in in terms of leadership right masculine leadership is having having enough awareness to especially in relationship with a woman or a feminine partner or a child right feel into what the need is underneath the complaint or the resistance or whatever it is rather than you know, what I, I used to do, and I still do sometimes, is, you know, kind of fight with it. Like, no, and you go back into that, I need to be right kind of place. But really dropping beneath, because in relationship, just like oftentimes we're coming from our boy, our, our, our partners might be coming from their little girl. And, mm-hmm. you know, having the capacity and the awareness and the groundedness to be able to to track what's actually going on for her is, is mm. beautiful. And that shows up in parenting. And my experience, I've noticed like the more that I can create that awareness within myself, it, it translates into relationship. So it's sort of mm. like a skill set that, you know, the more I can be compassionate with myself, gentle, patient, that gets amplified over into my relationship. So it's, it's highly valuable. Yeah. And that's, that's huge, man. I just, as you were speaking, I just had a couple of puzzle pieces in my brain, just 
lock in together. There's something for me that, again, is that when I was a child, I was, I got a lot of praise from my mom when I solved problems that she couldn't solve herself. Like, for example, what stands out in my mind is my mom used to order, you know, furniture from Ikea and stuff like that, or little, you know, like a, a place to put the shoes or something. And even as a kid, she would just say, oh, could you, could you do this for me? And I would feel so proud that I had a job and purpose. And then I would do it because she couldn't do it. She was terrible at that kind of at that kind of thing. And then she would be so happy and grateful and give me a bunch of praise for doing that. So I just realized that as, at a young age, I learned that fixing my mom's problems or the feminine's problems got me a lot of praise. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how I try to do that in my in my relationship. When my wife is presenting a problem to me, I go into the fixer oh, yeah. mode. <laughs> and I've heard I've had I've had hundreds of guys tell me at this point, like, don't fix your problems, don't fix your oh, problems. Yeah. And I say that all the time, but geez, it's so tempting to do it. And I'm actually just for the first time really seeing the connection back to the boy or the child in me that learned how to be that way and got praised for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Um, that's really awesome just to have that land. And I do that. I don't know if I didn't really have that connection to doing that as a child, but yeah, I think so many guys fall into that trap. You know, I think maybe the masculine in us is, is wired to solve problems and, and it's a beautiful thing when it's invited and oftentimes it's not what's needed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Cause that's another, that's another masculine quality is, is solving problems and also completion of, of cycles, right. Is, is to see something through to completion and in a, di- in a dynamic where a woman is going through something, she's not necessarily looking for us to solve the problem. She just wants us to be in the, in the challenge of it and to really listen and to, and to be that, like you said, that container before to be the container for whatever process she's going through. And that's, uh, that's the hard, that's the bigger challenge for me. And I think it is for a lot of guys too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I want to touch on that piece because it it points to like this archetypal need that I see. And I've I've gotten this from my teacher as well. This idea, like the the masculine is on some level always seeking freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Which ties into completion. And, And usually how it shows up for men is when I, when I get to the bottom of this or when I get to the end of this, then I can finally relax. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a trap because we, we can get stuck in this idea of all, you know, always having something we're trying to get to the end of and, and then never really being able to relax and be free. And mm-hmm. going back to the idea of practice you know, another powerful practice that I brought into my life is finding that place where I can feel completely free just as I am where I am right now. Mm. And, and, and living from that place, right? Relaxing into that, opening into that. There's something by holding the energy and the presence of that in relationship, especially if we're connecting with our, our feminine partners, there's a part of them that will relax into that too because you know they're just the the feminine is generally just wanting to like be loved or express itself right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so if we can create a a free open container for them to do that boom it's like a fucking powerful polarity space it really is man The, the there's a visual that i come back to when i think of this dance between the masculine and the feminine because I'm, I'm a believer in creating freedom for men is directly connected and in service to creating safety in the world for women. And that that, to me, is the, the mission of our generation is to create freedom for men and safety for women. And they're not mutually exclusive. They're, they're, they're codependent on each other. Mm-hmm. In order for women to feel safe, men have to feel free to express ourselves. The world becomes unsafe when you have men who are unexpressed and ticking time bombs walking around. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And likewise, women who don't feel safe, the feminine, we'll say the feminine, I don't want to put it on women, but the feminine, when the feminine doesn't feel safe, it puts boundaries and cages up around this masculine, this masculine energy. And a caged masculine is, is a dying masculine. It's a grieving masculine. And so the, the visual I have of the, all of that healing and coming to fruition is, is when men can stand in a circle and be the container for the feminine or the or women, whatever you know, I go back and forth. But for the feminine to dance in the center, 
uh-huh. and to be free to to be fully expressed and beautiful and, and every every bit of it. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I don't know if that brings up something I, for you too. I love that, and and absolutely, I, I think a huge part of men's work, you know, the work that we need to do as men, has to do with allowing you know creating spaces like you said for not only for our own feminine because otherwise it's you know it's our emotions it's our you know all these unexpressed parts of us that they need a a safe place to go and as you know most of us have been conditioned in such a way where those things are have been judged and condemned coming out of men we need safe containers for men to express their their rage their grief their heartache their angst all of it it's all part of our human experience and if we don't it does become toxic you know it leaks out into our relationships and i think it's a it's a huge leadership piece tying back into this idea of containers like we we can be those containers for each other as men you know in these groups and you know with a really tight container, the, the feminine us that has been so kind of bound up and afraid to let go can finally let go, right? And, right. and there's the, what I found is there's kind of a, a nervous system training that happens. Like once, once we enter into that kind of field and experience it with other men, then it becomes a little bit easier to hold a container for ourselves, you know, mm. to just sit down and cry or throw a fit whatever needs to happen to to get clear right yep yep yeah man absolutely (laughs) it's funny the phrase boys will be boys popped into my head you know Mm -hmm. like oh boys will be boys and it's like yeah boys will be boys if we allow them to be Mm -hmm. and if we don't allow them to be then they become you know caged animals that one day that are waiting for that opportunity to just explode um i obviously it's such a sensitive topic right now but the topic of male suicide, um, these mass shootings, these mass killings, these not even the mass shootings, but the the sudden inexplicable outbursts of violence that it's being perpetrated by men, by males in our society. It's it's got to be connected to, to what we're talking about here. There's to me, there's no questioning it anymore. It's simply that there's no space for these men to express themselves, to be heard, to be listened, to be seen, to grieve to experience full joy, full expression, all of it. It's, we're expected to just, be, to, to just contain, only contain without that expression. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so needed. And on, on a regularity, you know, like no matter, you know, I've been doing men's work for like 15 years and there's never an end to the pain that I experience, the, the struggle, the stress. And I, I need containers in my life consistently to be able to to bring that to so that I can show up as the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and to be able to do that, to me, the, the initiation really is the first time you step into a circle of men and allow yourself to be seen. It's, it's one of the hardest things that I've ever done in my life. And I, I every time I see guys who are new to that come in, you can see just how how vulnerable that is, how courageous it is to step in and to actually reveal your heart to other men because of all the years of fear and apprehension around sharing our truest self. But then once that happens, like you said, it's like a reprogramming, a rewiring of the nervous system and and it's 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 healing. There's no other word for it. It's healing, it's cathartic, it's it's generational healing too mm-hmm. for all of our fathers and grandfathers who who weren't given a reference for that, who weren't given permission to share and express themselves in that way. I, my dad. You know, I mean, there's 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 like a couple moments in my life I can count on my hand where I've seen and witnessed my dad grieve or share joy to the point of tears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even just that is like, ah, that that's something that we, we we can do differently. And I think it would have a big impact on us as a collective people. Yeah, I just want to share. I really want men to to know and get and I'm sure like men that have been following you for a long time already on track with this, but it feels fucking good to grieve and to cry and to like, let all that stuff out. Like there's so much energy on the other side. Mm. And, you know, I, I look forward to those moments and, and it's still sometimes a a struggle for me to go there Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. But when I do like, yeah, it's like a cleansing release, you know, and I, and I feel 
more tapped into myself on the other side. Mm. <laughs> yeah, man, beautifully said. Uh, and it never hurts to hear that again and again and again because I, I also share the same thing. I've had many of those moments at this point. You know, I've been I've been sitting in men's circles for a decade now, and it's still difficult for me. There, that that programming is so strong. So it's not just the first time, and then suddenly you're healed and absolved of all of this previous programming. No, I mean, there's there's deep rooted parts of us and, and myself that are hesitant, that are apprehensive. And it's just a matter of continuing to step in, continuing to step forward and, and seize those moments that we have, those spaces when we have them to grieve, to, yeah. to, to really let it rip so that it doesn't leak on the people we love and get everybody messy around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, man. That Well, that seems like a really good moment to start putting a bow on this. I mean, it's, what a great conversation, dude. We, yeah. Neither of us had any idea where this was going to go, but uh-huh. I really appreciate what you brought to the table and yeah. what you uncovered here. Yeah, I totally enjoyed it, man. Really good to connect with you. Cool. Well, let me let me ask you a few uh, lightning questions before you tell us where we can follow you and support the work that you're doing. Okay. You, re- you ready? Yeah. All right. So what is one thing you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18? tracking myself back at 18 and I would say it's it's something as simple as you're you're fucking perfect just how you are you don't need to change anything it's amazing how how many of us needs needed to hear that right like it's gonna be okay <laughs> you're, you're 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 already doing it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah be, be gentle with yourself a, a lot of men share something like that man so, yeah. yeah I think the, the other piece that I want to add on to that is you know, if I were speaking to my 18 year old self, I would say like, trust, trust the men in your life, like mm. have wisdom for you and they don't need to be perfect. Just trust that if mm. they're available to you, that they have a gift for you. Mm. Nice. I like that. Cool. And, and what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? I would say being a protector of what is sacred. And that to me could mean something unique to each man. But, but to be a stand for what, what is sacred to you, what has depth mm. and meaning to you and commit to that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that protector and guardian in, in the masculine is such a beautiful force, especially when it's connected to something worth fighting for, which is, that's a whole nother conversation, but, uh, but I really yeah. like that you shared that, man. Yeah. Okay. Last but not least, how can we follow you, find you, learn more about what you're doing, sign up for some of the amazing work you're putting out there? Yeah. So I'm, I have a website and it is theessentialman.net, .net, not .com. And mm-hmm. that's, that's probably the easiest way to check out my work. I have an Instagram handle that is the period essential period man. So you can check me out on there. That's where I say I'm most active. I, I tend to enjoy writing little, little posts on there and yeah, I've, I've got, uh, I'm doing a vision quest in about a week and still have, still have taking some applications up through the weekend if anybody's interested in that. And I don't know when you're going to release this, so it might be too late. Yeah, next year, I'm expanding the platform that I have to build a membership site. It's going to be on the same website, theessentialman.net. But I, 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 want, I want to bring in some teachers that I've worked with and, and other teachers to bring in their wisdom on specific areas of masculine personal development. So nice. there's a lot, of, a lot of men that I highly respect that I want to bring in and, and create a sort of a culture of mentorship where men can come and learn from each other and learn from these guys that have been doing powerful work for a long time and have a lot to teach. Beautiful, man. Theessentialman.net. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. And yeah, guys, make sure you go follow Soma on Instagram, the.essential.man. He's, he's putting up some great stuff there. I, I enjoy the, your posts a lot and I, I read almost all of them that come through my feed whenever they do. So yeah, keep up the good work, brother. And yeah, thanks for thanks for paving the way and, and standing on the front lines of this. It's always I always enjoy having these conversations with men I can really relate to and uh, who I vibe with because I know that it takes more than just any one of us to to make the change that we all believe in happen. So I appreciate you taking the time and doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, there's kind of a track traffic jam of uninitiated men. So I think we need as many of us out there 
creating those spaces as possible. So thank you for what you do as well. You got it, brother. Look forward to our next conversation. We'll bring you back on here a little further down the road and uh, have another virtual cup of tea, as I like to say. (laughs) Sounds great. All right. This was one of those easy conversations to have with a man that I have a little bit of background with, but really this was one of our first deep dive connections. And it was so great to discuss topics like the ego and the shadow and the boy and the positive elements of the boy that live within the man and the connections between the boy and how this is really the feminine energy that lives inside of all of us men and how we can begin to negotiate these energies that live inside of us. I really respect the work that Soma is doing and it was just a really great opportunity to have a conversation about the experiences that we have, the real raw stuff that we're going through as men because that's the front lines of everything that I learned, everything that I bring to this space is exactly what I've been through myself and for Soma to do the same. One of my favorite conversations to have is with another man who's not afraid to reveal himself for the benefit of others and Soma did that in a really beautiful way so please make sure you go follow this brother of mine doing that amazing work up there in ashland oregon big shout out to you brother thank you for everything that you did man thanks for being on here today as i mentioned in the top of the show this is your last chance to grab tickets for this weekend call of the warrior event you can go grab your tickets at rise.jediazuma.com warrior for all you late birds i'm giving you guys a special promo discount to get you in the door use the promo code rising man all capital letters no spaces That'll get you a nice discount. We'll see you there on Saturday. It's going to be epic. As always, please check out the show notes for links and resources at therisingmanpodcast.com, courtesy of my bro, Julian Subic, who's been doing that for us for the past year, going strong. Thank you, my bro. So excited and grateful to have you on this team. As always, please subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to the podcast, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, any one of those platforms, wherever they let you hit that subscribe button, please do. Give us a follow. Hit us with some reviews and some comments, some ratings, five stars if you believe that the rising man is deserving of that because it goes a long way it really helps us to keep raising and elevating our rankings and getting our podcast our message in front of more men into their ears and into their hearts so please do your part leave those reviews and ratings we're still making a concerted effort to get more and more reviews on itunes so if you're on itunes listening to us please 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 go over there hit us with five stars and give us a review that tells everyone else everything you've gotten listening to The Rising Man. Thank you in advance for doing that. Check us out on Instagram, at Rising Man Podcast. My bro, Rowan Tan, doing some amazing work over there. Thank you, bro, for everything that you do. My man, Mark Rose, who's been holding it down strong. One of the four musketeers who's been holding it steady inside The Rising Man Fire Circles. Mark Rose, thank you for everything you're doing, brother. And last but not least, my man, Sean Offenbach, at Infinite Melodics, at Infinite Melodics on Instagram with an X. Bro, I don't know where the podcast will be without you man keep doing amazing work and i appreciate everything that you do huh a power team if y'all needed one more reason to come out to the call of the warrior event you get to meet all of these fine gentlemen for the first ever rising man power team in person collaborative circle connection this is the first time we're all getting together is basically what i'm trying to say so (laughs) for more reasons than one it's going to be epic because the whole power team is going to be at the call of the warrior event Woo! Thank you, brothers, for making it happen. So excited for all y'all to be there. All right, for everybody else out there, until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.